on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Good evening everybody and welcome to the Orient Hour. I'm Billy Herring and it's good to be back in the chair. Let's see if I remember how to do this rightly. So on the panel tonight we've got Darren Burrows. How are you doing Darren? You good? I'm all good Billy. Excellent. And Jamie Stripe. Jamie, how are you? Alright Billy, good evening everybody. Fantastic. Alright, so we've got a real packed show for you tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Andy Andy Gilson has conducted an interview with Orient legend Paul Hyde, which we'll hear for later on. Obviously we'll hear from Richie Wellens and of course we'll give you Victor's view from Dave Victor as well. Right, so let's crack straight on with it, shall we? So Orient versus Rochdale last night. We line up 4-3-3, Vigoru in goal, James Becker Happy and Sweeney at the back. Prattley, Elmizuni, Moncur, Smith, Kelman, and Satirio. Now I'm just going to say right now, if I say John Moncur, I apologise. I've been doing it left, right, and centre. I even sent a uh, sent a song to the group and went, "Yeah, let's do this for Moncur." And uh, I think it was you, Darren, and Tara. I went, "That's funny because we didn't sign John, <laughs> we signed George." So uh, anyway, right here we go. What did you think about the lineup first of all, chaps? I see Sweeney getting an opportunity to play left back. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that most of us probably wasn't greatly infused with Sweeney playing last night instead of Hunt. I, I, my Twitter feed certainly gave me that impression. I, I felt the same. And then I think by um, by the end of the game, it won us over. Uh, and I think that that really, after the three points and the penalty save, um, I think that's the biggest thing that came out last night because we now know we've got um, a player. Look, it's one performance, but it was a performance we needed to see from him and we saw it. Yeah, Jamie? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's a, an important night for Sweeney, really, because it kind of gave us a little bit of confidence in him. And obviously, Richie Wellens had a little bit of confidence in him to drop him straight into a game like that. And I think he repaid the faith. Uh, his, his hand in that goal, you know, nice little touch, one-two on the edge of the box with Munker, set up that winner. And yeah, uh, uh, as Darren said, I think it was a, a real plus for us. I think it's interesting because obviously Hunt has made such a good start for us, such a strong start, and it's been so impressive at left-back. Obviously, when you're missing a player like that who's a solid 7 out of 10 every game, all of a sudden you start looking around and you start thinking, well, who's going to replace him? And were you surprised that Ogie didn't get a, didn't get a look in last night at left-back, maybe, Jamie? I don't know. I, I, I'm... I, 
I'm not sure Richie is entirely sold with Ogie at a left back. I think he sees him more as a, a centre half that can carry the ball out. And at the moment, you know, he can't get in the side because the form of Beckles and Happy is so good. And I obviously had a little bit of a wobble for their goal last night. But, you know, in general, they've been quite solid. And it must be frustrating for Ogie. But also, I think that he probably visualised Sweeney's offers more going forward in that left back role, which can support the attack. And I think his faith has pulled, you know, it's, it's paid off. And obviously, Raul Soteria got another chance last night. Obviously, um, he uh, he started the season on the bench. Um, I was it's good to see him back as well because there was a one point when he came off with a hamstring injury against uh, Tranmere, I believe it was, and uh, I hoped he wasn't going to be out for a uh, for a long period of time. So, um, Darren, how do you think he did last night? Yeah, I was impressed with Raul. I think the main difference under Richie with Raul is the work rate. So he, he's not just running along the line at the front anymore. He's tackling back, he's getting back, and, and he's doing his work for the team. I think that's, that's come on the Richie. I thought uh, he was very unlucky with a goal. Fair play to the keeper. was a good save. I think we all saw it and, and acknowledged that. Great um, save, yeah. I like the way he had the hump a little bit when he came off. Um, as long as he doesn't carry that into the dressing room. And, and I don't think, again, I don't think he would. I think he would have left that. He, he'd have left that uh, pretty much to himself when he got back and, and would have sported his colleagues. And he's, he's, So, yeah, no, rule for me is um, somebody that uh, I think Richie is really starting to you know, bring the best out of. I mean, this is the thing now, when you look, we've got real competition for places yes. up front in those front three. And I know Richie mentions it in his, uh, in his post-match interview. And obviously, you know, you've got Theo and you've got uh, Aaron Dryden just sitting on the bench right now. And I know they're both coming back from injuries, but uh, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, Jamie. It's a fantastic problem to have. And uh, I agree with what Darren said about um, rules all-round game beginning to improve. And it's got to. And also, you know, the amount of work that Theo Archibald does in the game off the ball that's got to be matched and to like to get Raw to do that job that, that's that's no mean feat and you're right with like Drynan you know, yet to come but it just goes to that strength in depth we've obviously signed the land for, land from Chelsea but it's going to it's all, like we said before it's all about minutes not games at the moment I mean Kelman you know he's not going to be in form or he might get injured or pick up a, a, a suspension and then you know what a substitute to put in you know put, put last season's top goal scorer in straight away and you know, and then he's got to keep that spot, you know, and that's going to keep everyone on their toes, and that's the sort of kind of mentality we need to keep us at the top for the whole campaign. We mentioned last night on obviously on our WhatsApp group as we were watching the game and what have you and stuff. We were talking about uh, Drynan's um, clinical finishing or or, or lack of, uh, in a way. Um, do you think that Richie might well be tempted to use him more out wide this season than down the middle? Obviously, as we mentioned earlier on, you know, we've got the uh, we've got. We've got Kelman, who's playing really well at the moment. We've also got the Chelsea lad, uh, who can, we can bring on, who is a centre-forward. Uh, so do we think that Drina might play more wide this season, or do you think he'll get his opportunity down the middle? Uh, over to you, Darren. Yeah, no, I, I, agree. I tend to agree with you. I think he will play more wide. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think he'll only play him down the middle if Kelman's got a knock, or he wants to give him a rest, um, or he's really out of sorts. So there's three opportunities for trying to play down the middle, based on that. But I, th- I think... In a perverse way, what's happened with, with Aaron Dryland's injury he's done the manager a little bit of a favour because he's, he, he can really use that, not as an excuse, but as a reason to give him half an hour here, 20 minutes there. And, and it keeps, keeps the camaraderie again. I, 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 think, I think that's uh, played in his favour, Billy, shall we say. Do you think it's also allowed Kelman a little bit of time to settle in, in so much that we haven't had a choice who played up front? So therefore, he's had to play him. And obviously, Kelman's played himself into foot. Because I know the first 
couple of games, everyone was a bit sort of like, well, is he going to be strong enough to play at this level? But I think that now he's showing that, you know, his work rate off the ball and, you know, his, his, his finishing is excellent. So has that allowed Kelman that worse that breathing space to find his feet to then uh, to then kick on and do what he's doing now yeah and he's he's, he's been a, a, a somewhat of a surprise package really you could kind of thought he might be a bit of a stopgap until Dryland's fit but he's made that number nine spot he's you know his own at the moment and more power to him but uh, I think with 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 Dryland it's uh, it's easing him back gently you know in 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 years gone by seasons gone by we've rushed people back too quickly and we've lost them I mean, Theo Archibald's case in point last season, we seemed to lose him almost as quickly as he came back. So it's it, it, it's 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 good for us in a way. Also, the five substitutes this season, you know, more people are going to get game time. And it just bodes well for us. I think that the, the, the squad is as strong as I can remember in a long time. I certainly think Dryan will have a part to play in the more physical games. I think that there are going to be some games where, you know, and he proved it when he came on last night. The first thing he did was smash their centre centre half out the way, out on the touchline and, um, and, and made his presence felt. Uh, Darren? Yeah, no, I agree. The guy, the guy's a unit, isn't he? Uh, you know, in terms of not actually, you know, like he's not a, an Erling Haaland like kind of unit, but what he is, he's, I don't think there's an answer fat on the fella. No, and, absolutely. He's uh, an athlete. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Okay, so it was. Just, I would. I would say it was a scrappy opening twenty minutes yesterday, um, and then we started to get on top after that. Obviously, great goal, lovely finish by Moncur, and what a nice ball as you mentioned earlier on by uh, by Sweeney. Um, how impressed are you, gentlemen, with uh, with Moncur? Because I know that there was a bit of chat yesterday about uh, does he pass forward enough? Does he uh, does he um, does he affect the game enough? Um, so, uh, Jamie, go on, I'm going to come over to you first of all with this one. He's it can be a bit frustrating to watch, Carney. I mean, you always think there's there's more in him than actually gets delivered. And it was actually great to see him get a goal from open play last night. And the great thing about it, when he played that give and go with Sweeney, you, as soon as he released it, he just told me, that's where I want it. And that's the experience you kind of look for a play like that. And that's the sort of kind of thing we've been missing in our midfield for a long, long, long time. He can only get better. I mean, he, he can shield the ball, play a little pass in, you know, take the ball in the uh, dangerous areas, and it's experience, you know, it can bring people into play. I mean, if we can keep him fit for the whole season, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be such an asset for us. He's Ian Bogey-esque, isn't he? Let's, <laughs> that's, that's just my opinion on it we, from we, I remember Bogey. Like, for us old folks yeah, sitting here, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, that's yeah. it, that's it. Great. Are we talking about George or John? <laughs> Let's talk about George at this point, shall we? Go on, Darren. Yeah, no, I, it's very difficult to not agree with anything uh, Jamie just said there, really. I think the only thing for me, I think we are now seeing him at his peak, Jamie. I think, he's, I think that, that, that first few games... Uh, I think he's now delivering what we hopes of him. Look, let's be honest, he's far too good for this level. So you just put it really well, we need to keep him fit. Yeah. i tell you what we also need to do is give him the ball. Yeah, because in, in, in the opening yeah. few games, what I noticed is he was getting frustrated where he was showing for the ball and people weren't necessarily having the confidence to give it to him in a tight space. But now, I think that as the team are gelling and people are finding their feet, and I certainly think that El Mazzuni's made a huge difference yeah. there because, again, coming from that higher level, he's not afraid to give him the ball in a space which is a bit tight and it allows Monker to draw players in and then, he, and then he's got that ability to pick a pass or to turn and... And he's so, he's very strong as well, um, which then allows other people space around the pitch. He doesn't give the ball away. Yeah, and, and at this level, that's really rare, and and that's the, what I'm saying about him being a championship type player that we've managed to get our hands on by hook or by crook. Not quite sure how we managed to pull that one off. If I'm brutally honest, but I'm glad we have. 
and and I, I think he's a key keep. When you say Elmer I can't ever pronounce the guy's name. Elmer Thank you for doing that for me, Billy. I, I actually won. Um, sometimes they're very similar, in, you know, which is great, and you need two creative mids. Who, who, but I think one player's really going to compliment him when he comes back in, and, and we'll get a run, and that's Craig Clay. Interesting, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that those two in the middle will, because Clay will do all the dirty stuff, won't he? Yeah. And if we can yeah. get. And it's who you drop at the moment, isn't it? You can't drop anyone, do you? We're top yeah. of the bloody league, so excuse my language. But, you know, <laughs> it, it just doesn't it doesn't happen, does it? For the right reasons. But I do think that's going to be an interesting an interesting one. Again, back to what you said about playing away from home, people like are drying and being you know, necessary. I think that's where, again, we're a clay cry. You know, the substitutions last night, Jordan Brown, he fits that mould. And that's the balance. Thompson, I don't think Thompson's injured, is he? Is he is yeah, he's got he is injured. That's why Thank he wasn't you. playing last night. Right, is that why he wasn't in the squad? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I, I did wonder that. But you've got, you've got, you've got strength in depth now in the squad. That, that last window really sort of done us what we needed, I think, as a, as a squad. So, uh, second half then. Uh, again, I, th- I thought we actually started all right, to be honest, in my opinion. But when we didn't score, we seemed to sort of take our foot off the gas a little bit and let them get into the game. And typical Orient, obviously, <laughs> we give a penalty away. I mean, I think everyone was watching that game. We've seen this hundred times before. Um, we know the outcome. And we know the outcome. Yeah. And then, obviously, uh, I mean, I look at Beckles for the header. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? However, however, if he gets a call to say not at home, you're then looking and going, well, is that down to bad communication? So looking at it, what are we, what are we saying? What do you think? Go on, Darren. Well, first of all, I think um, the two centre-halves were great last night. Yeah. Okay, but they both made mistakes for that for that penalty. So Hap shouldn't have played the ball to Beckles. Beckles shouldn't have played it to Viggs. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I don't want to be critical because I think, again, we're talking about Sweeney. Dan Hap's another one. I've been critical of Dan Hap. Yeah, and, and I love to be proved wrong about players, especially young players. It, 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 I really enjoy actually giving going, no, you're wrong about me. Because we all benefit from that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 I learned that my opinions are not always right in these matters. And, and he's one I've definitely changed my mind about literally this season. So, it's interesting because yeah. I've just written, I wrote down on my notes earlier on the happy starting to show the form of the promise that he was he, he kind of sort of suggested he might have when he first came into the side when he broke in obviously we forget Dan Happy broke into the side but he was only 17 years old you know he's been around mm. the first team a mm. long time in now in the middle he, of a crisis you know, as well absolutely yeah yeah and you know he played his part in keeping the club going I think we have to remember that well, and, I don't, I don't want to get carried away but if we achieve something this season yeah, that means Dan Happy and Craig Clay will have played in two teams that have achieved something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, if that happens, you have to give an, an immense amount of credit to those fellas for being around in, in, in that era, if that's the right way of putting it, yeah. or that era, the, 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 around this time. And I think for Happy as well now, he's starting to show a bit more strength of character. Whereas before, I think that, you know, sometimes he might make a mistake or and the crowd would get on his back a little bit and his head would go down and he'd kind of go into his shell. Now... Because he's playing well, and I think you know Richie's giving him that confidence by picking him again, picking him over Ogu, who played most of last season, who played well last season as well. I think you're seeing, you know, all of a sudden he's a six foot six foot five inch centre half who looks six foot five, rather than a six foot five inch centre half who looks like five foot seven, like a, like a turtle going into its shell. I mean, his his consistency has been pretty good this season. I know he has the odd kind of lapse in concentration, gives the ball away. But That's I, why he's a league two centre-half. Well, yeah. Exactly, but I, I think that in days gone by, that had got to him. Mm. I mean, we spoke on the, the show the other week when um, I think it was against Mansfield and uh, Richie was on the point of dragging him and then didn't. 
and you know in, in that in that sort of way it might have done him, done him a favor you know in, he's got the confidence in me I, I can keep going so i mean dan happy it's, it's a ba- massive season for him you know i think if he if if he wasn't one of like the, the younger the youngsters that have been here a while i think he might have been released last season or the season before i should say before he got injured so you know he's got a lot to prove it's a, it's a big season for him and he's, he's responded really well yeah Go on, Dave, go on, go on. I talking of players from getting injuries. He had a bad injury, didn't he? Absolutely, and, yeah. and, and it like, took him time. My understand, Dan's got probably a really good family around him, sporting people that, that really know about um, how to live the life of a sportsman. So I think that's probably benefited him. And, and maybe a bit of maturity kicked in there. Maybe this lad's taken a look at himself, thought, right, this is one career, this is one shot of it, and I've really got to step up. He's out of contract this season. He acknowledged he was going to be out of contract this season. So I think he's doing everything he can to prove to, to himself, first and foremost, and correctly so, that he is the player that he wants to be and hope to be because he's certainly uh, certainly showing it isn't he right here we go I love a stat and this is a great stat by the way uh, I'm not sure who we give cr- uh, credit to this to maybe Andy's going to give me maybe Andy's going to let me know and if I, if I find out who it is I will acknowledge them on it however listen to this for a stat so Lawrence Vigrou's save last night means he has a save percentage of 42% of the 19 penalties he's faced whilst playing for the O's uh, he's saved 42% of them and I reckon He's probably saved more penalties than we've scored in the same amount of time that he's been playing for us. I might I be wrong, but, right. you know, it's uh, that's just something I was thinking about earlier on. I mean, that is unbelievable, isn't it? That's that's a fantastic stat. Jamie, go well, on. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It just goes to show the value of him to this team and this football club. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the other week, the first two names on Richie Wellens' team sheet are Vigaru and Beckles. And again, with goalkeepers, if you've got a good one, you know they get you 15 points a season. And and I think Viggs is like five points in credit already with his performances against Mansfield and his penalty save last night. So, yeah, we're lucky to have him. You know, I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks he's far too good for this division. And I'd say like, it quietly. Say it quietly. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd like to see him stay. You know, for the next two years. You know, because I think he's that good and I think he's a great guy. Let's hear from Richie Wellens. Richie, thanks for joining us. Another important victory, but it was hard going at the end. I thought first half we was a dominant team. We could have been three or four up. Their keepers pulled off a really good save and we've had a couple of melees where we probably should pull it back and, and, and choose a little bit better decision, more quality in the final third. Um, and to be honest, I can't remember them having a shot on goal. We warmed them at half-time that this has got two ways of going. If we play forward and we play through lines quickly, we can, we can score more goals. But if you slow it down and we play in front of them, they had to change, they had to put more of a press on against us and they've done that. Um, and it proved a difficult, probably spell in, in the second half for about 20 minutes. Then we recovered well for 10 minutes and then the last five minutes, it's just two bad decisions where Dan was out, Dan and Beck was outstanding tonight and one should put it in Rosette and then Beck should probably head it wide. But listen, he's probably heard a shout that he should go back to Vig. So a really good win. Um, yeah, but we just need to do better, especially to, we should be we should be two or three up. Got any complaints about their penalty in terms of the decision? Um, no, I mean, I've, the referee didn't give it the linesman's got it. He's probably got the best view of the pink, so no, I probably think it was a penalty. Good save, though, from Lawrence. Great save. He's two, two, uh, two big moments he's had this year at home to Mansfield and, and away, and, and you always fancy him because he's such a good goalkeeper. But um, I'm just more disappointed about the way we lost control. Um, and we're making subs in the last 15 minutes to actually just hold on to the game rather than 
going for the second because we just didn't pass the ball. We okay, we, we want teams to press us because then we can start exploiting the spaces in behind with our speed and we've never done that. It was good to see George Moncur on target from open play. Yeah, class finish, good good goal. Jaden Sweeney, who, you know, I've struggled for the first 20 minutes, but then grew into the game after that moment. Good assist for him, and then he was excellent in the second half. But we know that Monk's, I mean, Monk's in the last two, three weeks, his training stepped up. Um, his goal scoring training stepped up. So, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's, he's brilliant, brilliant footballer for us. Aaron Joining coming on in the second half. He's still sort of looking for his sharpness, isn't he? He's been out a long time, and obviously no pre season, but. I'm in catch-22, how, do, how does he get fit? You have to expose him to some minutes. The same with Theo, who's coming back from, from his calf. Um, but obviously the front lads have, have, um, have been doing really well as, as well. Paul Smythe was electric at the time tonight. Charlie didn't really get a chance fall to him, but his, his work rate was excellent. You know, we, we travelled up yesterday. It's been 240 mile here, 90 minutes, 240 mile back home. Game on Saturday. So I think we just need to manage the minutes between them front players because at times they're so sharp that you always run the risk, especially in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. So why not, why not share the minutes? Another three bookings. How concerned are you about the number of yellow cards that the club's um, picking up at the I'm moment? I'm trying to think of the bookings. I can't really remember them. Theo's was a little bit petulant, but um, I understand the nature of the game. We've a couple of minutes ago that he's just tried to slow the game down. That's fine. Um, Pratt's got booked, but I can't remember what it was for. Um, if you want to win things, if you want to win games of football, this is a, an extremely good level of football. Two teams, they're fighting for the manager. Thought it was an excellent performance from Rochdale today. He, he, they hung on in there at times, but he dug, dug in and he, and he looked fit and they came on strong. Um, so I don't think, how, you, how can you go for a game of football without picking up bookings and, and, and things like that? So, yeah, it's not, it's not a worry. How significant is Rob Hunt's injury? Um, I'm hoping it was two to five weeks. I'm hoping, Ruben, and I know his, I know his history with his calf. Um, I'm hoping it'll be near the two weeks. He's been out now for since the Tranmere game, so we'll be looking at now 10, 11 days. So I'm hoping by the time he gets to maybe Sutton, he might be fit. He's going to miss the weekend against Walsall, but maybe Sutton, he might be fit. Congratulations on the award, and it's good to uh, receive that particular award and then get the victory immediately afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many messages today talking about the curse and, and what have you. I'm sure Danny Crowley has and, and Paul Heckenbottom, but I've just seen that they've won as well. So um, whoever's not superstitious and went against, against the curse has probably had a nice treble today. Um, but no, listen, we've got a brilliant staff here. The players are really lucky because we, we've got tremendous staff. But then I think that staff are really lucky because... Without players, you don't. It doesn't matter who you are. Without good footballers and, and players who have a drive to win and, and improve, which we've got, then the football is football management is, is really really tough. Um, but we've got a group of players that are fighting for every every single ball, every single result, every single point. And then it epitomises that when Viggs has made the save and, and he's got all ten other players on his back congratulating him. And then obviously he's got all the plaudits in there. But it's a fully deserved award, not just for what happened in August, but since um, March and the impact you've made. Honestly, it doesn't interest me. It doesn't interest me. I have to have pho- photographers that come round my house. I don't want them in my house. I have to pose like I'm t- having my wedding photos done again. I don't like it. Um, I would have much preferred them to come round and we would have had a photograph, which we will have uh, before the Walsall game. But, you know, yeah, I had an interview the other day and it should be a management award because... Without the physios that can get the players fit, without the analysts who we, lay, we liaise with to get the right tactics, without without Matt and without PT and without all the support staff, without Ada, it's 
football's tough so we've got every single member of staff pulling the same direction but I'll go again the players have been outstanding tough to pick a team at the moment because the standard of training is so good the intensity of training we travelled for four hours yesterday and, and trained at a local training ground and um, the intensity of his training was, was bang straight at it so when the players are like that there's he's, he's an opportunity to win awards Back at Brisbane Road where the form has been so impressive and also been so inconsistent so far yeah, I'm not sure how they've gone on tonight. One all. One all. Um, so I know Mike Flynn, some, Flynn is someone who I really like. His teams are always difficult to play against, and um, they probably should be now getting into to the mode of where they start feeling comfortable with each other. You start resembling some fluency, but um, he's brought a lot of signings in in the summer. So sometimes when you bring a lot of signings in, you can expect that inconsistency. But um, I think Walsall, well, good manager, good club, they'll be at the top end of the division. Before the game, a minute silence and the national anthem. It was a moving moment. Is it something that should have happened on Saturday, in your opinion? Well, I mean, it's nothing. It's not for me to say. I do think that that the best tribute would have been football stadiums full. Um, obviously, singing the national anthem and, and, and obviously showing the respects to the Queen. Um, but I also understand it with the policing, and you, you might get some supporters going against the. What, what should be a respectful moment so um, we probably had the 48 hours off and then tonight was you know, very well um, recepted and it was well sung so um, no, I think we just have to move on now and then obviously with the funeral being on is it M- Monday then obviously we can pay our respects at Brisbane Road Should we talk to, about those supporters it's a long way to come on a Tuesday and then, We love that last five minutes in the nature of the game we should be going over more comfortable winning 2 or 3 nil, but and you're not going to go the whole 46 league games with running smoothly so you're going to have to dig in you're going to have to fight and we have to do that at times but again I'll go back to to Rochdale I've watched the last two games where he played Accrington and where he scored three away at Accrington scored three away at um, Carlisle and when you have a new manager in, who's a good man like Jim players want to work for him players want to run and the players never stopped running he was in the, in the game till the very end and it's a really good result for us because you know, when you're playing against a team with a new manager that run through bricks wall for him, it, it does have an effect. Um, so I think Rochdale were good today. I'm sure they'll get out of where they are because they've got some good players in. and he was brave. He, put, he picked two wingers, two strikers against us. So I think they've got goals in them. So yeah, it was a tough game and a good result for us. Well, the result will certainly make the journey home much, much easier. Well done. Yeah, Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thanks, Richie. Good to hear from Richie Wellens there. And uh, let's hear from Dave Victor now with Victor's View. Congratulations to Super Richie Wellens on his Manager of the Month award. Fully deserved, the impact that Wellens has made since he arrived in E10 back in March was immediate and impressive. Richie has high expectations for everyone. He's installed a strong work ethic, a great team spirit, a winning mentality. He's united our club with his passion and his clarity. Good coaches are judged by the way in which they're able to develop players and working with virtually the same group, Richie has brought about a transformation in the form of so many. Recruitment this summer, outstanding. It's been about quality, not quantity. The way in which he engages with the faithful, exceptional. Brisbane Road has become an exciting place to be. Of course, the curse of the award has become a football cliché, and that's why Tuesday night's victory felt so special. Again, we were not at our best at Rochdale, but we were able to get the job done. Good to see George Moncur on target in open play. His strike offered a rare moment of quality. The other came deep into injury time, and a penalty save from the wonderful Lawrence Vigrou. 
For the past seven decades, for the vast majority living in these United Nations, Queen Elizabeth II was a constant figure, an exemplary monarch, someone who practiced self-discipline, duty and dedication. Our Queen earned the respect of millions around the world. I'm sure none of us knew what was expected of us during this period of national mourning. Had those with the responsibility for the nation's major sport allowed matches to be played at the weekend immediately after the Queen's passing, they would definitely have been widely criticised. I understand their decision and why it was made. But I have to admit, I felt a little envious when I saw the images of spectators at the Oval singing the national anthem and observing a minute of silence. Throughout her reign, Queen Elizabeth brought people together and I think the vast majority of football supporters would have valued the opportunity to share and respect as well as thank someone who served her country with such dignity and grace. So on to Saturday and the visit of Michael Flynn's Walsall, the Saddlers boss rebuilt his squad during the summer, bringing in proven talent, including Danny Johnson. Walsall, as a result, have been inconsistent. But they would relish the prospect of shattering our proud 100% record at Brisbane Road. It's going to be another fascinating test and I'm looking forward to it. Very much, Dave. And thank you for turning my mic up, Andy. That helps us out. <laughs> Okay, so we were lucky enough earlier on to be joined by Paul Hyde, who, uh, who's recorded an uh, interview for us, and I'm going to pass over to Andy Gilson now, who conducted that interview earlier on today. Well, very pleased to have with us on the Orient Hour tonight, uh, former keeper at the O's, amongst other clubs too, uh, Paul Hyde. How are you, Paul? I'm very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Good man. Yeah. It's a long time no here, isn't it? I mean, we, God, we haven't seen each other for, well, I should think about 20, what is it, 25 years? So not 22 years, something like 20, that? Well, between 22, 23 years now. I, I did stay at the club till 2000, nearly 2000, with uh, Tommy Taylor doing a bit of goalkeeping coaches once my leg got uh, mended, shall we say, built, rebuilt, restructured. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I stayed there for about, uh, about 2000, and then uh, uh, we drifted away and... Um, that was that. I have been down to the O's and watched them a few times. I even went to the FA Trophy final as well. So, uh, but sadly, saw them lose that game. Um, but um, yeah, I'm still always on my on my phone. I've got three clubs on my phone, which is Wickham, Leicester, and uh, and Leighton Orient. I mean, all my clubs that I played uh, professional football with, and uh, yeah, they're the clubs to my close to my heart. Yeah, yeah. So you I mean you started out um, what, at the Hayes, was it? Started at Hayes. I um, actually I started at Hillingdon Borough, which was in the Southern Premier at the time, or Gola League, whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time, in about nineteen for <laughs> about nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, and um, then I went to Hayes, uh, where I sort of made a name for myself more there, and uh, then Martin O'Neill came and bought me and took me to Wickham Wanderers in ninety two, I think it was, and. Um, with a view to sort of get out the conference, we did that the following year. We won the uh, the FA Trophy and the, the league double, and uh, went into the football league. And do you know what? The second game of my career in the football league, Carlisle away was the first game. The second game was Leighton Orient in the Milk Cup. Amazing. So my my second game um, as as a professional footballer. Um, was against Leighton Orient and we played Leighton Orient in the Coca-Cola Cup I think it was the League Cup and um, it was over two legs the first leg was at the Orient and wow when, when we got drawn against Orient we were just so made up to go to 
a London club of that stature, and it was like fantastic. Sadly for the Orient, Wickham won two nil. <laughs> and, um, we we beat you two nil, and I had a very good game on that. I can't remember that game. I really can't remember it actually. Well, you, you need to look it up because yeah. I had a good game that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, joking apart, I did have a good game, and in fact, your supporters gave me player of the match. Now, oh right. With that, they got a bit of a telling off because they said you've got to give it to an Orient supporter, and they said, but the best player on the pitch was the Wickham goalkeeper. So they, I went in and got presented the. Man of the Match Award for um, for the Orient game, and uh, yeah. that's nice. And he, yeah, it was lovely, and that was my started my affiliation with the Orient fans. Really, that yeah. Was, uh, but I mean, you spell at Wickham was quite a long one, really, wasn't it? About five years. Yeah, five six years. Yeah, I am. Um, I um, five or six years. I've played uh, two hundred and eighty odd games from um, uh, a guy called Alan Smith, the old Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace yeah, up. and um, he wasn't. How can I say? Very popular with the, the players there, and because he has uh, sort of bad mouthing the uh, the management staff of previous, which was Martin O'Neill and the backroom staff of John Robinson and Steve Walford, high quality players in their time, and um, obviously we had an affiliation with them, and um, we couldn't understand it, so we sort of stood our ground a little bit. But everyone that stood their ground a little bit ended up leaving the club under a cloud, and uh, unfortunately, I was one of them. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, was it just a difference in style, or was it just his personality that caused the problem? Do you think? Bit of both. Bit of both. It was. Um, 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 it was more. He wanted to be seen and known rather than the players that were at the club. So if you were some popular player at the club, you weren't popular with him. It was like he wanted to be Mr. Popular, and uh, also the style of football was more um, long ball, should we say? It weren't sort of uh, played out from the back. It was a. Uh, long ball, how long can you keep the ball in the air for, how long can it take us to challenge for that ball and how quick could we pick up the pieces and create a goal-scoring opportunity from it. Yeah. Which, in our world, we didn't really play like that. We played that long ball when we had to, but we tried to play football through from the back and uh, through the middle and, and create chances and fashion opportunities in different ways. So, yeah, different styles, different management styles and mm. certainly different management styles. Yeah, I mean, because he'd, he'd come to you from Palace, hadn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there was a reason he stepped down. I mean, from Palace, maybe he was, you know, trying to get his authority um, felt, etc. because he was at a bigger club before and he oh. maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah we, got, we got to know about that quite quickly. So, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> high on his agenda to be known as uh, the better manager than we were the better team. And, and we were a very accomplished team as... You know, as I say, we went to a, a club of Orient Statue, which were in Division One at the time, and um, we comfortably beat you in the. Um, well, we comfortably beat you, but we beat you two 0 at, at uh, Brisbane Road, and then one uh, 0 at uh, Adams Park, and and we went on and continued the roller coaster ride. There, I think we ended up playing uh, Coventry in about the third or fourth round of that, third round of that, I think it was in the end. So we got knocked out by Coventry on the away goals, or. Yeah, but still a creditable um, performance, wasn't it? Uh, so, absolutely. I mean, you obviously kept in touch, or, or, or you obviously had an affinity with Martin O'Neill, because obviously you've had a fallout uh, with Smith, and, and uh, a chance has come for um, a move over to Leicester, who were Premier League, weren't they, at the time? Well, no, they weren't Premier League. They, they, were, they, were, a challenge. they were a struggling team. Funny enough, he, he took over Leicester when they were in the Championship, and they were mid-Championship, and... Uh, when he took over, he left um, 
Norwich City and through principles and uh, then he went to Leicester and they're in the championship and they had a goalkeeper called Callick who was a oh he was six foot seven six foot nine an absolute giant but couldn't catch a cold and he's Australian <laughs> so they sold him to Wolves and they needed a goalkeeper replacement and they knew that I was a big strong confident lad and um, they they phoned us up and they said um, obviously Alan Smith's falling out with you um, would you like to come and join us you will only sort of like be a squad player but it's better than being a squad player and no player at all at Wickham because I got banished to the bench at Wickham at that time so yeah of course I jumped in it went to Leicester that year we got promoted into the, football, uh, the, the Premiership we beat Crystal Palace strangely enough in the final Steve Claridge bent one in past Nigel Martin I remember last, that yeah remember last Claridge last yeah. well I was on the bench that day and um and I was sitting next to Martin O'Neill if you see any pictures of it. But uh, yeah, we, we sat there and then we went into the Premiership. And then Casey Keller came. And obviously my my time was coming to an end. I was about 32 at the time. And, and I weren't sort of Premiership ready, should I say. Because to be a, a top Premiership player, you've got, to have been, you've got to have grown up in the game at a younger age than what I did. And... Uh, um, I sat on the bench, he just said to us, you won't let us down, you'll never let us down, we've always, you know, we've known you for a long time. And he gave us my shirt, and that was number 30, and I sat on the bench for seven Premiership games. And then I got a phone call from um, Tommy Taylor. Um, as I was, I think it was, I think it was my eighth game I was supposed to play, and he said, we'd like you to join us. Um, we've got Fulham on a Sunday in the... Uh, live on Sky um, in a match uh, he said do you want to join us I said yeah I'm more than interested so I went away had a chat with a wife and uh, had a chat with certain people and made the decision to leave Leicester didn't go down very well with Mr O'Neill the gaffer he, he, he didn't he weren't very happy with that um, felt I'd let him down but I needed to be a number one and I needed to play football again and to play at Orient like I did and winning at Orient with Wickham and seeing the club and knowing the club and the history of the club to play for a lovely London club like Leighton Orient was an honour to me and, I, and, I, and so soon, soon as that came up it was the one club that would lure me away to, to go back to London where I'm from and play football and I did I left yeah, so you, 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 initially, wasn't it just um, a month or, or something? And then you no, I, went, came... I came for a month's trial. All right. Or a couple, a couple of games trial, and then they signed me after that. So I knew that they were hovering around, but then they came in there. It was a do or die. You take, the, you take what we're offering you now, or it's gone. So I had a sort of like Friday afternoon. That sounds like a Barry Hearn deal. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, I like Barry. I like Barry. I like Barry. <laughs> But it was, um, it, it, it was, it was just a, a crash bang wallop. Do you want to play? Bat, blah blah blah. Sat in there, and um, I think Schultz. Well, Schultz was in goal at the time for you. Yeah. And then I went in the changing room on Sunday. I got introduced to all the lads, and um, Schultz got off to move over. And um, I took the shirt. I think we lost the game two 0 live on Sky. They were top of the league. Fulham were. And I think I think we lost two 0 but it was uh, done all right, done it, played all right. Um, took a, long, a little bit of time to settle down because, again, we've, 
we played a little bit of kick and rush football with Tommy. He, you know, Tommy, I love Tommy. I thought, well, I love, lovely man, lovely family, lovely family, and I uh, really had a lot of time for him. But yeah, he was loyal to his players, didn't he? He was loyal to his players, Tommy. I think he was very loyal to his players, and I and I take my hat off to him. He was a, honestly a real gentle giant. He was a lovely man, really lovely, lovely bloke. But, um, Again, the style of football was a little bit kick and rush and get the ball in behind and uh, start pushing and penetrating from their side of the half rather than play it out from outside of the half. So, again, it took a little bit of adapting to. But, uh, yeah, playing for the Orient was um, was an honour. I still keep in touch with some um, few of the friends down there. I still turn up for the games when I can. And I've got friends in Spain who I... Bill Harrison, I don't know if you know Bill, he's a friend in Spain of mine. Right. He's lived out there for a long time. He's a, he's a season ticket holder. Even though he lives in Spain, he watches every game. He, he pays his season ticket to get, a, to get a membership to watch the matches on TV and stuff. And uh, yeah. He'll be, be listening to this, getting a name check here. He'll be he'll have made his he evening. Probably will. <laughs> Hello, Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, um, he, 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 he's a good lad, good lad. And... and the supporters there with my family were magnificent, absolutely magnificent. They supported me, my, my family. They um, um, they did a charity walk for my twins. They did um, um, auctions. They when I broke my leg, they they supported me. You know, sort of not testimonial, more like benefit dues, and and they really mm. really did support me, and and I really did embraced with them but my whole family loved every minute of being at Orient yeah I think was, you were one of those players who, who, who got on with the support I think because you, you interacted um, and you were approachable I think that's that's the main thing and there's no airs and graces sort of thing it's uh, uh, I think the supporters appreciated that and you became one of them if you like and uh, uh, we, I mean we come on you know we, we will come on to the injury but um, standout matches for you do you have any matches that stand out for you in your time at Orient you think that was a great game oh god uh, yeah, sure standout matches oh no, you caught me I've there. Caught I've caught you. I've caught you. You have got me there. Yeah. I, I, I remember when we played um, Bolton. We drew four all at Bolton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think we were the first team to score that many goals. I think we might have been the first it team to score at the unbelievable stadium. Unbelievable game. It was end yeah. to end football. It was unbelievable. And uh, on really wet conditions in a fantastic new stadium, the Reebok Stadium, it was at the time. Mm. That was an unbelievable game. It really yeah. was an end to end game. That was. I think I had probably one of my better games there, and uh, albeit I let four goals in, but McGinley was up front and they had some good players. Yeah, 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 some good players up there. Yeah. Out there. Yeah, I think we, we, we might have been the first team to score at the rebut. I'm trying to remember. There was something we did. It was either the most goals scored, but was by us, or. or um, might have been, but we took a lot of support up there as well, if I yeah. remember rightly. It was, it was a really good night out. and and then the following week, we played in the replay, and uh, they beat three-one at home. Um, again, the quality shone with them, and they—they're a good side. But I think that was like one of my, my best games. Oh no, I let seven goals in, but don't tell anyone. No, no it was, we um, keep it between us. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, joking apart, it was a, a fantastic game, and um, other. Than that is the memorable game was obviously the extra game, but um, for the wrong reasons. So many games and so many reasons, and also 
there were so many ex sort of England players that turned up late in their careers to play for the Orient. Yeah, that's when true. You look back, when you look back at some of the quality, and I was sitting down trying to work out what would be their greatest ever team in if they could play every player at the peak of their career. And oh my God. Well, you had Shilton, didn't you, at one point? You, you uh, had Shilton in uh, goal. Martin. You had, you had Lingy. You had um, well, Kitch in there. You had Then you had centre-forwards. You had um, um, Laurie Cunningham. You had, you had, oh, and there's so many more. Oh, yeah. Players, across the thing, you had Tony Grealish and you had people yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. We, so good. So yeah, good. You yeah, it so would be. Top-class players. Yeah, if right. you could get your fantasy side together. Yeah. And I'll put it to anyone. Put the best team ever to, put the best 11 down. And it'd be an interesting uh, tally up to see who, who would be the best team. Yeah. So you've certainly had an array of them. Yeah, so really back to you. You've, you're, you're having these matches and you, we've gone to uh, St. James's Park, Exeter, and uh, yeah. I think it's pretty well accepted that uh, everybody there would say it's one of the worst challenges they've ever seen. I mean, it's, it was a horrendous challenge on you. Um, and yet not a lot happened to him, did it? No, it's funny. I mean, John Williams... Um played at Wickham with me he got signed from Coventry strange enough by Alan Smith and um, and he came on very big money from um, Coventry to, to Wickham Wanderers and on his day he weren't a bad player he's very quick but he's always his second second touch was a tackle but he picked and choose these games when he wanted to play and he used to sit on the bench a lot saying oh, no, I'm picking up a load of money just to sit here attitude and we didn't like that because we were winning ingredient and we didn't like it I, I, I weren't a big fan of his because uh, I wanted to be a winner wherever I was I just wanted to play every single game and be part of the team and, and, and part of the club if you know what I mean I just wanted to be uh, I felt I was lucky to be a footballer and I was lucky to be at clubs like the Orient and to have enjoyed them moments that no, not many other people have had in their life and um, and when we went out there, um, I think it was um, Ashley Babe was in goal for Exeter as well, and, and I became very good friends with that uh, when he had his set at Orient as well. And the, the ball came through from the halfway line. We held a high line, Clarkie and Smudge held a very bit, bit of a flat line actually against someone with a bit of pace like uh, John, and he knocked the ball past them, and it was clearly coming into my box, clearly. And I made a choice. I could have run out the box and kick it, or I could have just collapsed like a big lump of lard onto the ball because there should never have been a challenge. It was there for me to just fall on, you know, lay on the ball. Mm-hmm. So I chose that one. Obviously, it was the wrong choice because he's left the ground with both feet and he's uh, thrown his body into my body and um, he smashed my ribs, big stud marks all down my rib cage. And with one boot and the other boot clear, cleanly hit the middle of my shin and snapped it in four places. Um, mm. uh, and then had the cheek when I should, said to him, get off me, get off me, you broke my leg. He gladly got up, took the ball and rolled it to his teammate who scored the goal. And the goal was given. Now, he heard me shout out, you heard the leg break. He even so, I mean, I knew it was gone because it was touching me backside when my leg was straight. But uh, it was just uh, ungentlemanly conduct, but in the highest order, and um, very painful. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do sympathise, I broke mine, so I know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? <laughs> but, no, um, no. Yeah, um, so, I mean, you, you, to all intents and purposes, that was your full-time football career, really, I mean, you, you you were there for, as you say, at the club for about another 18 months or so afterwards, weren't you? Um, yeah, but that was mainly my rehab time, and again, Tommy Taylor really looked after me there, really, and, I, and as I say, I, I really did like Tommy as a bloke for his top bloke, top, top man. Yeah. And um, his son there, Lee, and his, his lovely wife as well. And she, unfortunately, she passed away. But um, yeah, no, it, it, it's very sad. I mean, uh, Barry's done the honourable thing of getting me home from Exeter. He got me a private um, ambulance to get back to East London so I could go into a hospital in East London. They uh, apologised because they couldn't pin the leg. Um, they had to, um, how can I say, re- realign it. And then the surgeon said, um, I'm so sorry, I've never put in anyone in plaster as heavy as this. And I was in the plaster for seven and a half months. Ugh. So, yeah, it was a bad break, bad break. And I never got an apology from the guy. No, I think there was a lot of bad feeling towards him from everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so we, we obviously, you know, as you said, the fans did what they could and raised funds. And we, uh, amazing. Every time they know. played Exeter. Every time John Williams ever turned up for game, he got <laughs> the pitch. Yeah, he was booed, wasn't he? And, and quite clearly, I would have, if I if I could have done, I'd like to have played until I met him again, and I don't think I would have played for long. No, no. no. So he's never ever um, tried to patch it up since, has he? No, no, <laughs> no. It might be a short phone call. When I spoke to Ashley, it was, he turned around and said, "When it happened." He, they were told in the change room to keep quiet about it, and that's when the video evidence all went missing. Mm. So there, it was a not planned like that, but it was certainly yeah, yeah, a lot of ill feeling. I don't, I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ill feeling between the clubs for a little while, wasn't there? Really over it, yeah, it was, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we 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 obviously put on a few. I remember we put on a function with um, John Layton, the old '60s uh, pop star, as well. That was um, oh, one of the things. Is. He was amazing, and I talked about. That. I even spoke about it because the Great Escape was on, and yeah, and that's talked right. about it even today. And um, yeah, I, the Orient have just. I want them to, like to get back into the football league with Justin to get back to where they should be. They need to be Division One side. They need to be a minimum of Division One side, and I think you got a great chance this year. Yeah, and, off to a good um, start. Yeah. Yeah, great start. They've got to keep that going. You're a minimum of Division One. You're a championship side with that stadium and that support. You really are a championship shut side, but minimum of Division One. And I just hope and pray and touch wood, as I am now, that they get up there. And because um, uh, that's where they deserve to be. I mean, when you got people like Kitch and 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 Jenkins and Dave in the bar and all of them, that I mean, they're, they're lifelong supporters of the club. And he's been a player in the 70s when probably the best football was ever played at the Orient in the 70s with Peter Kitchen and the team that was around him then but uh, yeah they're, they're such a, it's, such a, it's, it's too big a club to be where it is yeah, I mean, I'm I'm friends obviously with with all of those, and uh, yeah, they're good. They're they're really good people, as well as um, you know, uh, Peter being a great player. He's a he's a really really top fellow as a person uh, as well. And Steve Jenkins, of course, with all his work with the Som and the memorials over there, etc. Um, they're all good people. I mean, but as for you, you you did carry on. You went to um, to Dover. Um, for a while, didn't you? For quite a while. I did. Yeah, quite a while. Yeah, I played in the conference there. I became a I went there as a coach, actually, and then when I got there, I realised the goalkeeper weren't very good. 
so I, I did the training with him, and um, and then the manager went. <coughs> it was Bill Williams at the time. He went, "You're playing this weekend," and I went, "Really?" I said, "You got me to look after the science He went, "No," he said, "You're better than him. I want you playing." He said, "You're happy to play?" I went, "Of course I am. If I put a shirt on and play again, I'll play." And uh, never took the shirt off again. <laughs> I played 350 games for him. How many? Uh, 350. Uh, that's yeah, a lot. That's a lot. Of <laughs> I've played <laughs> from Hayes right the way through my career. I've played between 1,800 and 2,000 games. Blimey, that's a lot. <laughs> Semi pro and pro football. That's got to be a pretty much of a record, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I just Mind know you, a lot. Scott McLeish is still playing, so you never know. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's still 12, isn't he? <laughs> well, he scored in the FA Cup last week, didn't he, or the week before? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, Billericke. Was... Yeah, he scored for the opposition at Billericke. Uh, oh. uh, and he was 48 years old. <laughs> oh, because so. I think I played, I played in the FA Cup game. It was um, for Whitstable, and I played and I was 50. So I think wow. I was the second oldest goalkeeper. It might be someone like Burridge or someone that was older. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And now you're um, teaching at school, is that right? I've been a teacher at school uh, for, for 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing the teaching 20 years. Um, I'm looking possibly to get out next year. I think time is getting on and I just want to sort of like chill out. I've got a small apartment uh, in Spain that I like to travel back and forth to. Um, sadly, my mum and dad both passed away and... Uh, my girls are grown up, the boys are all good and looked after, so it's time for a bit of fun. A bit of you time, a bit of you time, yeah, as I say. A bit of me time, yeah, so it's that time now. And again, within that time, getting away from school life, they'll give me more time to come down and support the O's and, uh, and support the teams that I love and, and got a lot of fond memories with. And, and it really is, every time I go down to the O's, I always get a very warm welcome every time I walk in the supporters bar and and I think you're right it's one of the ones where we didn't have the most successful time when I was playing for the year and a half I was on the field and the year and a half I weren't on the field but every time we won I was going to bar every time we drew I was going to bar every time we lost I was going to bar if I had a bad game I'd go in the bar and if I had a good game guaranteed I was in the bar so consequently, I would always go and have a chat with all the um, supporters because that, they they wanted to talk to someone about the game, and a lot of the players would think, "Oh, I don't want to go to the bar because we lost today," and they got a little bit scared of it and intimidated. And whereas I think, yeah, about the supporters who are we? Well, it's, 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 that's the right attitude, and that's probably why you was endeared to people. And as I say, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's been lovely to catch up with you, Paul. And um, obviously, hopefully, we we might see you at some point this season. We will do. I will let Steve know when I'm coming down, and I'll let a few people know when I'm coming down. And hopefully, we can meet up with a couple of ex-players as well. I know Peter will be there. He's there most weeks, isn't he? Um, yeah. And, and uh, I know Steve's running another trip to the Somme, so he might be nice to see you over there. You never know. Yeah, to be fair, if I, certainly when I, I'm, I'm a historian. I love all the history and I love all the... Uh, I don't love the World Wars, but I'm intrigued by them all and everything else and, and the sadness of it all. So that would be something certainly on my... Uh, sort of bucket list to go and sort at sea and um, Yeah, well, next uh, July, 27th to the 30th. If you can get yourself free, we'll be pleased to see you. 
that that could be a very big option because hopefully I'll be I'll have gone into semi retirement by then. You are well, lovely to speak to you, mate, and uh, you take care of yourself. And thanks for joining us on the Orient Hour tonight. No problem. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, contacting me. It's much appreciated. That was Paul Hyde there and Andy Gilson. And uh, what a lovely interview. I, I really like it when you hear from uh, ex-players and um, and they speak really highly of the club. It's, it's you know, it's always good. And, and that was and that was really nice. Some really kind words from Paul there. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, lovely guy. Brilliant bloke. Lovely family. You know, it's a bit of a shame his Orient career came to a premature end because I'm sure he could have played a lot longer for us. And, yeah, you're right. I'm, you know, it's nice to hear him. He's OK and doing well. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's look briefly ahead to uh, Saturday's game then before we uh, before we say goodnight. Uh, Walsall at home. Um, Walsall coming to it on a poor run of form. Four losses and two draws in the last six games, if you include their cup games, and they're 14th in the table. So we mentioned earlier on some selection headaches. Uh, Darren, what do you do at the weekend? Uh, I think certainly the back four takes care of itself. I think the midfield takes care of itself. I think you carry on with um, with Rule as well. I think we've got to ease our man drawing back in, so I think that takes care of itself. Possibly, if I was going to make the one change, um, if Hunt is fit, I, I, I know how much we superlatives about Sweeney, but you know, let, let's, um, let's get Hunt back in. You're right when you said 7 out of 10. So I think yeah. Richie said Hunt's definitely going to miss out this he weekend. He did, you're so, right, he did. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, all right, yeah, you're right, no, well remembered. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's my team with, with Sweeney in that case, starting. Jamie? I'd uh, probably go with what Darren said, uh, Sweeney starting. I'd probably, if fit, bring Archibald back. Interesting. Okay, so pretty much keeping the same team, and I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you both. I mean, it's great to have the uh, headache of uh, not knowing who to play for a change, rather than trying to scrape around and find a starting eleven that we think is good enough. Anyway, have a good evening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Take care. Thank you to all my guests. Thank you to Darren. Thank you to Jamie. Thank you for Andy for uh, doing the buttons. Thank you to Paul Hyde for joining us. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you soon. We're not a city. We're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer our those on who wear the best Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end Lay an Orion from each end this is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clans and Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orient from Eton Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from Eton Late and Orient from Eton This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM